Good evening. This is your host, Walt the Damager. Rob Cooper, what's going on, family? What's going on? This is another episode of the Jump Off, the Real to Real, all in politics platform. So tonight we got a special guest, and I'm gonna let my man Rob the Jenner bring in. Absolutely. Uh, first of all, uh, good evening, everyone, and we're just happy to have you. Again, it's uh, great to be on this uh, All In uh, Politics uh, platform. This is a new platform for us, as you know. You've known us always as Real to Real, and now uh, we're we're uh, back live on YouTube, Apple, and uh, Anchor and Spotify. So. Uh, where we continue to build on our, our, our platforms and we're happy to uh, bring some good uh, content in the political realm. And, and really speaking of politics, you know, our, our, our great president has, uh, uh, has been in the news as, as he's always there and uh, with Black Lives Matter uh, rolling. Uh, there's a key word that I, I've seen on uh, a lot of social media pieces when they're talking about Black Lives Matter and uh, some of the other uh, protests that are that are going on it is a word that many of them sneak in called Marxist and uh, it causes a lot of uh, curiosity what is Marxism what is uh, uh, communism and, and socialism I know uh, back when I was in uh, elementary school and in, in, in junior high and in, in the in the 80s I remember our teachers uh, you know, talking to us about Marxism and, and communism and socialism, and they never had a good light on it. Uh, but since the Bernie uh, Sanders uh, movement, you know, he, he started talking about, you know, socialism and things like that. And I picked up this uh, interesting book, and, and I don't know if my background is kind of taken, but it's the uh, Karl Marx and Frederick Engels, the uh, Communist Manifesto. And with us today to kind of help us get, get an understanding of, uh, Marxism and socialism and, and communism and that, that concept and looking at it from an economical approach, uh, we brought on Tim from the International Marxist Tendencies, uh, the Philadelphia branch. Good evening, Tim. How are you, man? I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. That's good. That's good. It, you know, it's it's interesting, Tim. Um, you know, we're, we're hearing, uh, you know, the, the Marxist is a hot word now. It's a buzzword. Everybody wants to know, you know, what's what's going on with this. And I'm sure you guys over there at the International uh, Marxist Tendency or IMT, as you guys call it, um, you know, the, the acronym for it. Uh, you guys been a little busy over there, haven't you? Absolutely. Yeah, these uh, ideas are becoming more and more um mainstream and we're getting attention from uh, even the president so um yeah it, it uh these ideas are becoming popular and uh, we're getting some uh free publicity from uh the, gov <laughs> the government so tell me but what is what is marxism i know uh, uh, you know it's been some time uh, since i've been in the classroom and and actually kind of learned about some of the uh political uh perspectives uh tell the people about uh marxism with, and how it relates to either communism or socialism, and um, you know, how do you see it fitting in maybe into a new economy as compared to what we, we're seeing right now in capitalism? Yeah, so um, above all, I would call Marxism um, a method of analysis to sort of view our world, and especially in the political economy sense, um, both as a way of viewing history and how this world came to be, um, viewing 
um, the world today and how we can sort of understand it. All these events are happening and how to make sense of the world we see today. And then, um, as Mark said, the uh, idea is not to uh, just understand the world, but to change it. So um, using this um, method of analysis to sort of take a um, judgment of the position that we're in and how to bring about um, socialism and hopefully eventually communism. Um, and also I would call Marxism sort of the generalized, distilled, um, experience of the working class throughout history. Um, all the lessons that are there to learn from both the victories and the failures um, that were basically um, learned in the heroic struggle of working class people um, throughout history and, and taking these lessons um, so that we a, don't have to repeat those mistakes again, but um, can also take these lessons and learn how to um, transform society so that the working class can eventually take power. And um, that goes into what, uh, for a Marxist sense, what is socialism is a transitionary phase um, after, uh, once we sort of transcend and overcome and overthrow capitalism. Socialism would be the transitionary phase when the working class is the ruling class in power where they have state power and power over the economy in a democratic sense, running the economy um, democratically by and for the workers, um, and slowly transitioning into a stateless, classless, um, and eventually moneyless uh, society uh, that we would call communism, which is one of abundance, where the productive um, capabilities of our society working together become so great that uh, we can produce abundance for everyone and, and want and need and these struggles for resources are a thing of the past and um, we have this uh, you know communist society so that's sort of these ideas in a Marxist sense as opposed to um, how they've been um, viewed especially right. since the cold war <laughs> right right and I, I have a quick follow-up on that and i know you you kind of delved into this uh in, in reading reading some of the books i, I noticed that uh marx says i know eventually he wants to get to a classless uh society but one of the things that i guess to kind of break down and, and, and bring an understanding you know he put in like i think like three different type of titles for different classes i, I know you mentioned the ruling class uh, I saw something where it comes to working class bourgeoisie, petty bourgeoisie. Uh, can you explain that uh, uh, to our audience and, and, and kind of bring it up to speed to how we how we would look at that uh, from um, a, today's outlook? Sure. So these these are like definitions or terminology um, that Marx used in his writing. That then you know when you're discussing his ideas, um, you have to sort of adopt as you sort of discuss um, and. It, it's not so much a, a very uh, dogmatic way of like these are the three classes that exist and, and there's nothing else. It's, it's more just of a, a rough way to sort of split society and class, which is how your relation to the economy and in a capitalist society, your relation to capital. So, um, you know, on the top the the ruling class, you would have the, the bourgeoisie who um, are the, the ruling class of capitalist society that own 
the majority of the ca almost all of the capital resources and um, what Marx would call the means of production, the, the um, tools that we use to produce goods and services and, and things that humanity needs. Um, on the flip side, the ones who are using the means of production and um, producing everything um, are the what Marx would call the pro proletariat or um, what we call the working class that um, does all the production and all the work right. um, and produces all the goods of society, but they don't own any property. The only um, property they have to sell is their ability to work. So they would sell their ability to work um, to the capitalists for a wage. Um, and uh, that, that's they, they work for a wage in order to survive. If they, if they don't work for capital, they they starve and go right. homeless and are, are sort of left to their own devices. Um, and in between that, you um, have a Marx or um, and writers after him called the petty bourgeoisie, mm -hmm. which um, you could call anyone who has enough interest in the capital market, owns enough capital to be comfortable, but they don't, they're not, you know, sitting on top of, you know, the echelons of society. Right, right. Um, that may they they may go to a job and they may work, um, but they they have a lot of autonomy in their mm -hmm. in their job. Um, they probably own some property. They have some interest in the um, well-being of you know the capitalist system. And and the, this class is sort of caught between the two ends. Right. Um, where in history they tend to. Uh, want to resolve the class struggle. They want, um, between the workers and, and the capitalists, they uh, tend to um, not only sort of vacillate between mm -hmm. the two, where mm -hmm. in history, they sometimes they side with the workers, right, sometimes right. they side with the capitalists, but um, in, the um, in the scheme of things, what they want is sort of the, uh, the class struggle to sort of be flattened out, which um, in a Marxist sense, is impossible. That kind right. of you know, it can go, it can go behind the scenes for a little bit, but they sort of vacillate between, and they um, largely have a, a a problem sort of finding it, their own class identity because they're sort of split between these um, antagonistic interests between the the workers who are right. earning for wage and the people who are profiting off of the workers. So these are these are type these are the type of people that are uh, most likely to be stuck in our. Uh, two-party system uh, per se um maybe i mean i think a lot of um I would, people who probably in, in their relationship to, to the economy like our working class who are stuck in the two-party system but um yes they they sort of have uh, uh this interest of um compromising mm -hmm. and you know we can you know um find a way that sort of serves both the workers and the capitalists and we can you know uh, this ideas of good capitalism um you know we just need to regulate it more or you know um you know the problem is corruption or you know th those sort of ideas right um, right um we capitalism can work we just need to find out the way how by appeasing both sides um th those ideas are sort of very popular and, and when you have the that relationship to the economy. Oh, great.
So when we're talking about identification and trying to find solutions which best suits to work in class, I know uh, for probably most of us in this room, in school, going back on what Rob said earlier, um, as far as the scholastic institution posing Marxism as a threat to stabilize economies and, and, and world dominations of the economic system, um, what is it that they actually fear or feel that would destabilize what they have already created? Like, what was their main purpose of placing this fear mongering and this poison and this cancerous man and his ideologies would not be beneficial to those of the state? Well, a stabilized system for them, um, which I'm, I'm assuming is sort of, you know, the people who own, you know, their economy, the economy. A stable right. system is a um, continuous and, and continuous stream of profit that that grows over time. So they, they continue to find profit on on their investments and, and on and their capital continues to accumulate. So that would be a stable system for them. Um, and uh, the ideas of Marxism and um, and the, the ideas of bringing a socialist society about is a direct challenge to that, right? What, what we want, we want production based on the on need, not on profit. Um, we want the ownership and control of the economy to be democratically run by workers, not um, dictated and owned solely by a very small capitalist class, right? These are these are ideas that are. Uh, an existential threat right. to the interests of um, the people who own and control society and, right. and the economy. Um, so, of course, these ideas are demonized, but um, it's important to know that all the attacks on Marxism um, are never a uh, in good faith. They, right. they never address the ideas correctly. Um, because because they don't have an answer to these ideas, right? right. Um, they will never meet these ideas in in you know in the arena and of you know dialogue. Um, it's always a slander. So um, the distortion of socialism um, or distortion of communism, especially after um, the history of um, Stalinism and and the Cold War pro um, tactics and what happened in the Cold War. Um, and what happened to the USSR and, and um, how it degraded into this bureaucratic police state. Um, right, they right. they uh, happily take those definitions. Um, and right. um, But the idea, of, if you ever see the ideas of socialism or communism or Marxism discussed in any mainstream revenue, you will never uh, hear the words class. You will never right. hear the words right. um, workers. Um, you know, the, these are these are the things that they are trying to you know remove from Marxism. You, you might hear state ownership. You might hear you know like uh, like you know getting rid of private property, and these can be like you know scary ideas. But like uh, you will never hear them define socialism as um, the economy democratically run by workers I mean, they, because they, they they don't want to address those ideas. Right. They'll, they'll they'll never actually meet these ideas you know uh it's interesting too and you as you you speak in of um 
workers as we kind of look at some some examples uh, with the uh, COVID-19 coronavirus. Uh, you know, we, we saw back in, uh, I think, March, uh, I believe it was, uh, as we entered March and we, we saw that we're, we're getting closer and closer to what was appearing to look as if it was be going to become a pandemic. And I knew everyone was kind of up in a kind of uproar, but uh, it didn't appear that the United States government and, and the economy and the world economy was willing to stop uh, like what was happening as we saw what was happening in China at the time. And it's interesting because uh, bringing, you know, kind of bringing the sports uh, piece in, uh, it, it, it almost took the NBA, um, you know, I think on March 11, when uh, March 11th, when they, they, the players practically just walked off the, the workers, and I guess in this case, you know, practically just walked off the court and said, hey, we're not we're not playing anymore. And then the owners, you know, kind of looked at it and say, hey, you know, yeah, this is not a safe environment. And then two, you know, two days later on March 13th, you know, the president came on and gave kind of like a quasi state of emergency this uh, speech. And then, of course, after that, we went into a shutdown. And then no sooner than maybe 15 to 20 days, you know, uh, you had, I guess what we would call, I guess the petty bourgeoisie in, in, in this case, uh, going to capital uh, buildings uh, throughout states who had uh, primarily, oddly enough, Democratic uh, governors and pressuring them to reopen, uh, reopen uh, the economy. And now, you know, seeing that we're hitting about 140 deaths and three, over 3.5 million uh COVID-19 cases here in the United States, uh, we're starting to see that perhaps maybe that may have been a mistake, that perhaps uh, may we, we may have reopened and, and not listened to the uh, the, the workers. Uh, talk to us a little bit. How, how was, you know, give me that the, the Marxist approach uh, uh, to these things, because we did see, we did have some examples, not necessarily Marxist, but, you know, some of the socialist countries and how they handled the uh, the virus and also the economy, their, their particular economy, as opposed to what we saw here in the States. Yeah, um, I mean, we always try to take sort of a material analysis um, to things. So, I mean, the, the, the ruling class has a very narrow interest, um, which is continuation of power and profit. Um, they sort of have um, some disagreements on the best way to do that. Um, you see sort of feuding between Democratic governors and, and the Trump administration on like the best way to do things, but in the in the end, what they want is the continuation of um, people to get back to work, so they can continue to exploit labor and and their profits can continue and the the lines can go up, the markets can continue to um, grow. Um, and that has was and has always been their um, approach to things. Um, so I mean, you saw. Uh, a very uh, a large um, reluctance to close down, um, of course. Um, you know, workers coming out of the office um, or out of the factories or out of um, their any any workplace they're um, working in, um, and also kind of trying to um, disguise their their incompetence and, and their lack of preparation. Um, Largely, as we've uh, outsourced our ability to produce to 
countries all over the world, largely China. I mean, we, we don't produce anymore, and, and we kind of saw that in the early days where right. suddenly there were no masks, there were no PPE for uh, healthcare workers. There, were, like suddenly we couldn't, you know, find <laughs> these uh, these goods um, because we've outsourced a lot of our productive capability as a country. Um, so I mean it sort of highlighted a couple failures there, not only of like the interests of the ruling class, but of our sort of uh, gutted um, production capabilities. Yeah. Um, and and now now you see that again, where like they were largely forced out of public opinion and then the, you know, mass death to um, finally shut down. And um, they decided that they can risk reopen again and, and hoping that we, you know, become numb to the numbers just coming, you know, and we, we start seeing, you know, human human life as just numbers on a screen as, you know, right. more and more deaths accumulate. And and it kind of shows you in the, in a capitalist a capitalist system the like what human life is valued as, which is uh, if you can't, you know, contribute to the accumulation of capital, uh you know that <laughs> You're, you're, right, you know, right. you're not valued, and and your value as a human being is solely judged on your ability to, you know, add to the the growth of markets, and um, and how how quickly we sort of dehumanize these these you know tragedies and these deaths, and how quickly we're you know learning to just accept, um, you know, this this very preventable uh, slaughter of. <laughs> Right. of people over the world um, kind of as a testament to that where like you know you have um, advisors going on the news networks and referring to you know people getting back to work as capital stock you know and um, you know they, they just want to see the green numbers um, on the screen you know as their capital gains increase and it, if they need to you know like kill only 2.5% of the workforce that will go back to work. I mean, these are, you know, you're, you're a number to these people. Um, the other countries, I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily call them socialist countries. Um, they may have um, slightly more uh, progressive um, mm -hmm. ideas, but in the end, they're all trying to save capitalism. They're trying to save the capitalist system. Even, um, I think it was Ireland, like, nationalized right. their hospitals. They the government went in and nationalized their hospitals to, uh, you know, run them in a in a planned way, which uh, as as socialists we would want a planned economy, not one dictated by market competing right, market forces. Right. So they they sort of use, but it's not you know used to challenge the capitalist system in any way. It's, it's largely to save it, right? Um, to save the status quo, and and so there there are governments that um, I, I would still call capitalist governments that would, you know, do these things that they, they feel is best to save to save the system. And then there's the United States there where we're just sort of like, um, you know, you're, you're right. on your own, <laughs> right. um, you know, uh, you know, admittedly hoping to uh, numb people to the death. And, and there's a reason, you know, we're, we're also one of the few um, countries you know that we that are that are dealing with this without a universal um, healthcare system right, or a nationalized right. healthcare system um, that is that is planned and run by the state. It's it's a for-profit healthcare system, and and I think that is uh, very um, uh, you know it, it's a reason why 
why we're in the state we are the country the richest country in the world just um you know also leading the case in deaths uh, i think our healthcare system and the way the capitalist uh, economy uh, controls it is also um right you know at i and, and, and Tim, and I, and I can see the the comments uh coming in my either my parlor account or on on youtube once we put this up or underneath our uh or um, Apple or Spotify posting of this and they say, hey, you Marxists, you know, you say that, you know, capitalists, we don't, you know, value life. We put profits over people. But, you know, you Marxists, you guys are going to take away my rights. You, you're going to take away my, 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 my civil rights, my my constitutional rights. Uh, what, what is your response to that? Um, well, we want to, a, a, a socialist idea is um, for all of us to democratically run the economy and i um i i think that for us to express um rights and freedoms as people um could only be elevated by freeing people from economic precarity um where i i may have a lot of i, I may have some freedoms on paper though um the state is uh basically uh doing a lot of cherry picking um with what rights uh they want to enforce in the constitution but that aside um you have very little freedom when you're working all the time just to survive um you probably are working a job you hate or don't like um you have very little free time your uh actions and um wants and needs and desires are restricted um by uh the need to go and um work for capital uh in order to survive and we're not saying that uh people shouldn't like just be sitting on the couch being lazy we're saying that um you know or shouldn't be working um but that we can create a society where you are not um threatened with starvation or homelessness um, because you can't uh, add to capitalist profits that freed from this, um, you know, gun to your head, basically, of uh, economic uh, destitution that you ha- can express yourself as an individual uh, far greater than you could in a capitalist society. Um, and uh, I would argue that in, in a socialist and uh, hopefully communist society, when uh, all these uh, mechanisms of oppression um, by the class, class system, the class hierarchy that, that you know, extends into other social systems of oppression, um, once you know, we work to free ourselves of that, um, and uh, we will have a, uh, a society where you can be uh, far freer and have far more rights than um, you know the system and 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 a capitalist system to to maintain this uh, vast wealth inequality has to crack down on your rights. I mean, de- dem- democracy and a, ca- a and a capitalist system where the resources are owned by a smaller and smaller and smaller group of people are very. Um, counterintuitive and they sort of have this very uh, love-hate relationship and and you see how um, increasingly managed our democracy is and how um, our rights are increasingly impinged upon.
and that's only going to get worse as um, they need to exploit more and more to, uh, you know, continue this accumulation of capital in, in smaller and smaller hands. I mean, uh, we we call this system a uh, you know a very free country, and yet you know the world was exposed to uh, the police lines cracking skulls in the streets. I mean, uh, that you know. <laughs> Uh, that is an impingement on rights to, to me. Yeah, because um, I know that um, that's some great points you made. Uh, and also moving into how capitalism navigates racism, how they work hand in hand, uh, a lot of the systems are breaking down. Um, whether the economy, uh, like I said, as far as these corporations, uh, and things of that nature. Where, where do you feel, or what steps do you feel though need to be taken, and in like what direction do you think Marxism should be shot into the American system right now, like a penicillin to get this thing like ushered on and moved on? How long do you think that that would, you know, take into play, or how long would the expectations be to fully assimilate? With how long um, is a very interesting question because um, if you view um, sort of the progression of history in a, in a very um, dialectical way would be the way of, um, Marxism would call it, um, where you know some sometimes thing nothing happens for a long period of time and then suddenly in a sh very short period of time like you know everything happens um, and people's um, consciousness of their, their views on the world and on politics and, the, and their consciousness of the ideas uh, changed dr drastically where um, you know, there are plenty of people in society that um, didn't really care about politics. They were comfortable enough where they could sort of put it on the back burner. You know, they were incensed about, you know, the latest thing Trump said, but their, their ideas of politics were largely, you know, they didn't really have to bother with it. Um, suddenly, events happen where you know um, the police murder George Floyd, and uh, suddenly everybody, you know, the, the, their their ideas and their their political awareness, um, you know, changes uh, immediately um, to to a great extent. Um, how um, so? Our our ideas of Marxism is basically to to. Um, keep these ideas and, and grow these ideas and learn these ideas and spread these ideas um, and, and sort of grow an organization that can um, learn and share these ideas. But we have great confidence in um, working people and people, in, people who are oppressed in society in this system that, you know, we don't need to have capital. We don't need to cause capitalism to go into crisis. We don't need to cause the class struggle to um, break out, it, it will happen. Um, it's right. sort of the, the inner logic of the system of oppression and exploitation. Um, what we see um, our, our sort of role to play in this whole thing is to um, fuse these ideas of um, working people democratically taking power over the economy and the state and, and fusing these ideas with these uh, movements mm -hmm. that, I, that I think we're largely seeing just the tip of the iceberg, really. Um, I think um, 
the the we are going to we are entering a period of of deep capitalist crisis. Um, if, if you know the Federal Reserve cannot just continue to print money, um, you know th- th- that debt needs to be paid back somehow. Um, we're going to see increased austerity and and you know increased uh, you know exploitation of of workers, and and they're going to be asked to pay for, it, and that's going to you know, um, heat up the class struggle, and we're going to see further uh, mass movements, and and to um, take these Marxist ideas and and bring them to the people, and 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 hopefully share these ideas so that uh, we can, uh, you know, actually bring about um, a showing working people that they have not only the power and ability to um, take control of society. Uh, but how to do it, um, and so how long it would take uh, is a very good question. Um, you know, we try to learn from the past in order to, um, you know, navigate the future. But it is not a, it's not a, yeah, a, a, a playbook. It's not a, it's not a blueprint. But um, I, I think um, we are entering um, a period where you know a lot is going to happen very quickly. Um, uh, and people's minds are going to change very drastically very soon. And that's a good point that you made, and I, I think just if you kind of just kind of look at the uh, pandemic, uh, for example, how sometimes things kind of move in an organic uh, type motion, uh, where I think we just follow the elections, uh, particularly the the, uh, the Democratic um, primaries, and uh, when you had Andrew Yang when he was talking about, I think it was called the Universal Basic Income or UBI. Um, you know how when that when he first put that idea out there, uh, even even a year ago, even twelve months ago, uh, to this day when they began their debates, uh, people thought that was a crazy and wacky, you know, ideal. And then once the virus hit, people were like, hey, <laughs> you know, um, Andrew Yang's idea may not be such a bad thing, and. Um, you know, and even even you know at the high levels of officials, uh, you know, I think that's how we got the twelve hundred dollars, um, you know, per per person. And actually, other countries were actually doing something like that, where they were doing you know maybe a thousand dollars a month or whatever, just to kind of sustain people and help them to remain uh, socially distanced. It's interesting. I want to go back on when you, when you opened when you talked about eventually a cashless or moneyless society. Um, it's interesting because I, I know a, a great wise man, and, and I forget his name, but it was an old wise tale that I heard that one day uh, the economy is going to be so bad where you're going to see a, a a man walking down the street with a uh, wheelbarrow full of uh, cash, and a couple thugs are going to beat him up at the corner, take the take the wheelbarrow, dump out the cash, <laughs> and leave. <laughs> I was just saying how worthless and it's interesting because I I was at one of the fast food joints uh, and I saw a sign and they said, please, (laughs) please have exact change uh, because we can't we can't even change your, you know, your your cash. So if something comes to, you know, you know, fourteen dollars and fifty cents, we don't have the if you give us 15, we don't have the 50 cents to give you back. Uh, So, uh, you know, you know, I heard something or read something that coins are now being taken out of production. Uh, so it's interesting how this is an organic type process that's happening. But getting back on 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 um, the racist piece that you brought up, uh, uh, Walt, uh, as I was doing some research for the show and I went on the International Marxist uh, Tendencies uh, website, which we'll, we'll uh, somehow figure out how to share that uh, later on in the show. 
but uh, I, I saw a quote by one of my heroes, uh, Malcolm X, and uh, I was surprised to see it. He said, you can't have capitalism without racism. And I thought that was a real interesting uh, quote. Uh, talk to us a little bit about this, Tim. You know, how do you see Marxism as being uh, an answer or, or getting rid of capitalism as an answer to racism? Yeah, so, I mean, as a white man, I can only um, understand racism from a very secondhand point of view. So I, I try to do more um, listening and understanding than, than uh, preaching about it or anything. Um, but I, I do think that, especially in this country, which was, you know, based on a, a slave state for the majority of its history um, and largely relies on having a racial underclass, um, especially in our prison system and the, the labor that they provide um, for the capitalist economy, um, that to conquer or overcome racism and white supremacy uh, cannot be done while maintaining a, cap a class uh, hierarchy and a system of exploitation and oppression on an economic level that as long as you have these uh, economic and social forces of, um, you know, of you know, one class over another and a small minority exploiting and oppressing the few, um, you are, you, I don't think, and I would argue you cannot um, overcome racism because uh, without, you know, conquering these, because they, they are so intertwined in, in our uh, country. Um, and we saw this uh, when, you know, the la last time we had, you know, a, a sort of um, very heated class struggle in, the, in sort of the, the late 60s and the early 70s. Um, and and it, it largely, if you look at any um, part of the history of the labor movement in this country, um, the capitalists have always used racism as a tool to divide the working class. Um, and even the union bosses in the 60s and the 70s, who were largely reactionary um, class collaborationist union bosses, um, were very racist and would happily cross picket lines of, you know, striking black workers. Um, we saw this in the New Deal, where a lot of the uh, policies of the New Deal were left out of industries that uh, were largely, um, you know, worked by black people. And that was not by accident, that was by design, um, where you see, you know, every aspect of, of working class struggle in this country always always tainted with racism um, as, a, as a tool um, to maintain a capitalist hierarchy and, and the social hierarchy, um, maintaining this capitalist hierarchy. And, and these ideas, um, if uh, the writings of Malcolm X, as you brought up, um, Martin Luther King was coming to these conclusions before he was assassinated. Uh, Fred Hampton had certainly uh, come to these ideas and the, the ideas of uh, conquering class class hierarchy um, in order to overcome you know racial hierarchy, and and he was killed for it um, <laughs> uh, because he was he was starting to uh, cross you know he was starting to expand 
uh, his his uh, struggle beyond the struggle for racism to to a um, you know struggle an economic struggle trying to um, uh, challenge challenge capitalism and and that is um, exactly what uh, they do not want us to do um, is to uh, express solidarity not only in a in a class sense but a racial sense and. Um, I think we have a lot of danger in not only becoming, um, I don't know, uh, classist, I guess, where like you view everything as right. only class or you right. view everything as only race. I, I think these things are so intertwined, especially in America, where, um, you know, uh, if we're going to overcome these, these uh, tools of oppression, um, we have to understand how uh, closely they're, they're knit together. Right. Uh, that's my that's my right. that's, and, and I agree with you I, I think um, you know one of the things we, we talk about the new kind of woke society and uh, one of the things that I, I see and in, in, in Bernie Sanders really talked about this it, it really is there's it, a 1% that, that controls uh, you know most of the wealth and then there's the 99% probably now fit into that uh, working the working class or working um, poor um, um, type segment, and it's interesting. People don't believe it. Kind of look it up, you know, and and really look at where uh, the money is is filtered to. I mean, in years ago when I was growing up, it was ten percent. So it's even shrunk from ten percent to now one percent. And so it's the the wealth gap is is rapid. And I I forget what I, I read that on. Even from the time where you know my dad was a union worker in in the uh, in the seventies. You know, um, and then seeing that wealth gap from 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 the times when I was a kid to where is that now? It's it's it's, it's totally un unbelievable. Uh, but yeah, we're going to wrap up. But before we wrap up, um, you know, let's you know, I think we believe on on our on our podcast and our programming. You know, education is the key, and and we want folks to be able to kind of you know get a get an understanding of of, of of politics from all of, of the spectrums. Uh, so, uh, Tim, won't you help us out with that and, and, and tell us, you know, tell folks how they can uh, learn more about IMT and um, and also if they if they like what they heard tonight and, and feel like they want to get involved and make a change, you know, tell us how they can how they can possibly join. Okay, before Tim start, can I just say one thing? I want to interject real quick. Sure. Um, we also want to put out there that the pack the podcast that we hold is an open forum discussion where we have to move back towards that, where we need more dialogue. It shouldn't be about people's own principles and you following like the groupthink type of mentality. We all need to be open to all different types of suggestions and move towards the common goal of unison and some type of synchronicity where everybody has the best interest of everybody and not just like individual thinking. That's right. And, not, not, and, and that's the beautiful thing about this is we're not, not controlled. Um, you know, this is not corporate media, so uh, definitely we, we're open for for. Uh, I like to say, giving a voice to the voiceless. So, Tim, if you want exactly. to kind of just talk a little bit about uh, IMT and and how uh, people can learn more, and you guys got even some schools there to teach. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and thank you all, and I appreciate you um, letting me on here to you know say my piece. Um, yeah, so if you want to, uh, if these ideas interested you, I, I hope I did a good job. Um, you know, at least uh, representing them on the surface level. Um, you know, we excellent, have um, excellent job. Thank you. Um, 
Marxist.com is the uh, website for the international Marxist tendency. The U.S. branch is called Socialist Revolution. Um, you can find it at socialistrevolution.org. Um, and then if you want to learn more about these ideas, um, we have an international Marxist school coming up. It's um, July 25th through 28th. Um, throughout those days, there'll be a series of talks. Um, I hope uh, we, you can you can register you, um, for free, um, but donations are always appreciated. Um, I hope you can put the link um, on this episode, and there'll be talk um, talks from all over um, you know all over the spectrum of ideas. Um, you know, uh, is Marxism Eurocentric? Uh, is um, you know Marxism versus anarchism? Um, talks on Marxist economic analysis. Um, Talks on the police state, um, you know, talks on Marxist philosophy, um, the whole the whole spectrum, and um, I hope um, you know those who want to learn more can come and attend uh, a couple of these talks and um, you know um, think about them and, and take these ideas and, and see if um, you agree with them. Um, but uh, I think I'm I'm looking forward to it. We have uh, over 3,000 people from over 96 different countries attending. So, um, you know, Marx, uh, Marxism is very much an international um, effort. We we're, we live in a global economy, and and we need um, global solidarity to overcome global capitalism. So, uh, I hope I hope uh, some listeners can attend. Great, thank you, Tim. And also, uh, folks, uh, just to let you know, you know, uh, on All In Pol- uh, Politics, we broadcast live on uh, YouTube. So, uh, no, excuse me, not live, but we, we broadcast our shows on YouTube. Make sure you hit that uh, subscribe button. Uh, also smash hit- that button. <laughs> smash it. <laughs> smash smash that, that subscribe button on Apple also on uh, Spotify. Uh, and also uh, go to our, our website and uh, All In Network. Dot net. Uh, we got some great uh, uh, paraphernalia out there, some sweatshirts, some t-shirts, if you'd like to buy. Also, gives an opportunity, as I mentioned um, earlier, we are not a corporate media-owned platform. We're not CNN. We're not controlled by anybody. We can say what we want. We can have anybody who we want to come on and, and, and speak their piece, giving a voice to the voiceless. But sometimes we can't do that for, for free. So we, we need your donations as well. So uh, feel free to, um, you know, chip in whatever you can. 99 cents, $3.99 a, a month, $4.99 a month. Whatever you can, can spare will go a long way in us kind of, you know, uh, pushing our mission to give uh, a voice to the voiceless. Walt, anything you want to say before we close out? Productive and progressive radio. Great man. So, won't, won't you? Know, and I thank Tim. We thank Tim. Okay, we thank Tim for the uh, enlightenment and the information that was provided. We definitely will pass on the information for much more, many more people to attend and those that would wish to get down to organization to get down. So, without much ado, we love to have you on again. We definitely appreciate your time and your knowledge on the subject. Please, anytime. It was a pleasure. Okay. So we're signing off for another episode of the Real to Real to Jump Off with Walt the Damager. And Rob the Jetta at Rob Cooper Jr. on Parlor, not trip uh, not not Twitter, Parlor, Free Speech Network. You got Tim, you wanna give your your info real quick? Um 
I, I'm, I'm Tim. I'm at the International Marxist Tendency. I hope you uh, can check out our website and check out those, uh, those topics in the school. And I hope um, if you ever have any you know, questions or want to learn more about these ideas, I hope you uh, check those, those sources out. Peace. Peace.